Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome to Employee of the Month show. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus, and I was delighted to be able to interview the uh, mercurial and very deadpan Stephen Merritt. He is best known, I think, for um, Magnetic Fields, the band that he is one of the founders of, as well as a songwriter and just a beautiful, 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 beautiful musician. This is all objective. That's just my thoughts. Um, he's also part of the Six, if you know them, as well as Future Bible Heroes and the Gothic Archies. He's on Bob's Burgers. He wrote and composed the music for Coraline um, when it was a musical that was originally written by Neil Gaiman, but when they adapted it. Um, and so many more fun things. Anyways, hope you enjoy our interview. It was taped live at Joe's Pub, and certainly I imagine you'll enjoy the music I did. It's going to be great. Seriously, sit down, grab a drink, and enjoy. You got everything. Are you ready to play? Oh, can we talk for a little bit before you play? I suppose. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been warned. Um, you, you started as a filmmaker, right? Or you wanted to be a filmmaker? I went to film school. Oh, that's it. Okay. Um, I was going to ask... I was the worst filmmaker in the history of film school. Which is an amazing accomplishment. It was my first amazing accomplishment. What makes one the worst student in, in, film, in film school? What are the requirements? Well, I didn't really want to tell stories. I more wanted to point and show what was happening. Um... More like uh, Warhol films, where it doesn't really matter if it's in focus, as long as there's somebody talking. Um, so do you pay to, to do this, or couldn't you just go off and do that? <clears throat> yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't paying for it. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, today's hot political issue is that middle-class kids, once they are uh, going off to college, they're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> you just realize this in America? Apparently. Oh, I, okay, yes. Uh, and college is really expensive because apparently people are willing to pay a whole lot of money for it. That's what happens. But what does that have to do with the fact that you went to film school and you didn't really well, want to be there? Well, I wasn't paying for it. Oh, oh, I see. So, so... So I was doing things in film school that really one should be doing at home. <laughs> Some argue that, that that can be true of film school in general. Um, right. I mean, I, I think in film school what I learned of value was how to do still photography. Um, which I also could have been doing at home. Um, uh, but the thing is, with still photography, you, you go into the dark room and you develop your photos and you fix them, and all of that has completely disappeared. So what I learned in school has evaporated. Hopefully, uh, And this was just before I would have been doing video in film school. It was film. 
So I got the techniques of how to make a Super 8 film. And then how to do optical printing in 16 millimeter. You know, really useful now. It's real. Put it on LinkedIn. My dog's there. You, you can see if you get more, more jobs from the, the Super 8 film than she gets from being a food researcher. Your dog? Never mind. Is a food researcher? <laughs> Long story. Um, so I wanted to ask, in, in college or in film school, was we that... We have all night. I, <laughs> um, I think Joe's Pub is open until one in the morning. <laughs> and you're wearing a watch. That, that is true. A big showbiz no-no. What's the is watch that, Is that really a no-no, to wear a watch? Right, because the audience can see it and then they think about what time it is. Oh my gosh, how are you like, guys doing? Can you read my watch? Big, even worse than that is talking about what time it is. Um, it just makes people bored. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to do that then. That was, Should that I was, sing a thank song? You, thank you. We can talk about the weather next and um, the, the price of film school. Um, did you meet Claudia, who is your uh, bandmate uh, in college? Where did you meet Claudia? Uh, she was in high school. Um, I was just finishing high school. Last two weeks of high school, I think. I have a, a little picture I found. Wait, sorry, the next one. That's just you. That's you and her when you guys were... Right. She's 15. I'm 17, I think. And so how did you guys um, come together to start playing music? Good question. <laughs> really sprung that one on me. Uh, <laughs> um, well, she was, she was playing music when I met her, supposedly. She, does, she says this, I don't remember it, but uh, apparently I walked into her house and she was playing David Bowie songs on the piano um, and we bonded over being able to read music and play instruments. Um, a rare combination now and then. I was going to ask, what's it like having a bandmate um, who's also your m manager? And maybe that's because I, I have never associated like my manager or agent as someone who I would collaborate with artistically. Um, it seems sort of exciting to have someone who you really respect um, being your manager. Well, at the time, she was the drummer. So it was kind of like Fleetwood Mac. Well, I'll have the drummer be the manager. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I also was going to ask how, I know when I was doing stand-up, I didn't want to tour. I got sick of being at Uncle Chuckles. It got very lonely. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to not do this. I'm going to write instead. How today can a musician make a living without touring? The question is, how today can a musician make a living even with touring? Okay. I look forward to hearing the answer. <laughs> because uh, the, the traditional methods of making a living are selling records, that's gone. Selling out to advertising, that's gone. Um, Is that gone? Oh yeah, if you, get, if you get a song in a TV commercial, you don't, make, you don't get to buy a house now, you get to buy... A Vespa. Okay. <laughs> Is that, it doesn't uh, No, matter. I mean, Vespas are probably a lot more expensive. A go-kart. A go-kart. A go-kart. It's pretty nice. Which is probably a few thousand dollars I mean, at this point. So you'd need to uh, either invest in go-karts um, instead or do more commercials? 
lots and lots of commercials. Um, you also are considered a polymath, I've heard, in terms of your breadth of knowledge about music, and you used to be a uh, music critic for a while. I was wondering if you enjoyed, enjoyed it. I love getting folk records in the mail for free. The downside of that was getting indie rock records in the mail for free. <laughs> Now, as someone who is often um, considered one of the poster children for indie rock music and hates being pigeonholed <laughs> as such, um, how do you deal with the fact that, at least from my understanding, again, it's coming from the comedy world, that we get pigeonholed all the time. Like, she's quirky, but she could play a mom. But you're all quirky. I, totally. Yeah. So how, how do you um, navigate that where they're going to want to... I assume that the music industry is going to want to pigeon you a hole to some degree to be able to sell you, but you, Stephen Merritt, want to play all kinds of things and perform all kinds of um, music. Is it possible, my question is, is it possible to, to um, wear a lot of hats in, in music now? Because in comedy, you can now. Um, I didn't make now, that very clear. Uh, there's, the stakes are so low that okay. I think it's actually a lot easier to wear a lot of hats because no one is saying, but I won't make a hundred million dollars uh, if you don't sell this perfume. Um, well, actually, I guess perfume is still the... Perfume and clothes are the way to make money in music, but you have to have already um, made your first hundred million before they start... Uh, selling perfume with your name. Or you could smell nice and then someone picks up on that and then you could bottle it. So showering will help, I think. Well, that's not really compatible with the music career. Okay. That may be fair. That may be fair. Touring and uh, bathing don't go together don't go very together. well. No. Now, the magnetic fields are, are um, so... Uh, it's just a, now, when yeah. I saw this photo, I cleared this photo... Uh, when I saw it, I said, what were we doing at Joe's Pub? I don't remember ever, us ever playing at Joe's Pub because that looks just like Joe's Pub did before they put this stuff up. But that's VH1 in London? Apparently. But it looks just like the old Joe's Pub. Well, I'm just so glad since and I was And I also there. don't remember ever being at VH1 in London. Okay, well, I wasn't there either, so it's going to be a very short conversation on that subject. I feel like... Oh, you want me to tell you all about VH1? <laughs> no, I... I, I bet I, it's just like the BBC, and I do remember the BBC. I wanted to ask, um, I heard a rumor that the Magnetic Fields is working on another album. Is that true? Um, it's always true. It's always true. Sure. Are you guys working on a new album? We're always working on a new album. And yes, we're working on a new album. Or rather, I'm working on a new album. Um, but that's very exciting. No one else is working on it yet. But so it's are. in an early enough stage that I'm the only one working on it. And you write from a bar is where you like to write from? Yeah, I used to write in cafes in the day and then bars at night. Um, I would drink a lot of black tea until I was having heart palpitations. And then I would have to drink alcohol for eight hours to sedate myself before I could possibly get to sleep. And this gave me a lot of time to sit around and, and think, which is what songwriting demands. Um, but unfortunately, now my caffeine tolerance is so low that I 
take the green tea bag and dip it in for a few seconds. And if I dip it in for too long, then I have the heart palpitations immediately. So, uh, so unfortunately, I can't write in cafes anymore. I got you lemon ginger tea, so that, that won't happen Fantastic. tonight. Fantastic. You're, you're welcome. Thank um, you. One thing that you got me, which was very exciting, and you didn't even know that you got it for me, is um, your new book, 101 Two-Letter Words, um, which is all about Scrabble. Um, how come you pay, play? I am an obsessive Scrabble player, so I was very excited about this. You can actually put it down if you want. I mean, unless it's an arm exercise for you and, and helping your triceps, um, which is also fine. Um, how did you um, get into Scrabble and Words with Friends and the rest? The traditional way. Grandparents? I began with playing checkers in elementary school. Went on to Chinese checkers, <laughs> Parcheesi, backgammon. And soon I was playing Dungeons and Dragons and Top Secret and Risk and Monopoly and Go and uh, <laughs> things that take a week to play. Um, and how did you meet Roz Chast who drew the cartoons for explaining every, he explains every two word. And this, this is the key to winning for people who don't know about Scrabble, I, I um, often play with a comedian who, um, if he's not playing with me, he's getting uh, peed on by prostitutes. That's what he does for fun when not playing Scrabble with me. But he's very good at Scrabble. But he knows all the two-letter words, so I think he must have been in juvenile hall or something to learn them. How did you memorize the two-letter words? Well, by writing this book. That's the whole point, is that I can't remember anything. Um, I can't even remember being in VH1. Well, now you're not in VH1 now. Well, how would I know? I don't remember being there. <laughs> so, um, since I couldn't remember a word as long as al, A-L, which means vomit fruit, uh, I had to write myself a little rhyme to, uh, to remember it. So... I was, I was going to look up A.L. for you. I was going to ask one question. It's a personal, subjective question, but I also play words with friends on my... Uh, how many people play words with friends on there uh, besides Alec Baldwin? Just quietly, loudly. You can scream. You can be Five proud. people. I feel like it ruins my Scrabble game. Does that... Is that do you, I feel like they, they accept words and words with friends that aren't in Scrabble. They do. Uh, the whole point of words with friends is to be as much like Scrabble as possible and not get sued. So, so they have a slightly different board layout, but not enough to make one uncomfortable, and slightly different vocabulary, and even slightly different two-letter words. So four or five of them are different. Uh, so my 101 two-letter words are the American Scrabble admissible two-letter words currently online uh, because the, there's a new Scrabble dictionary with four new two-letter words. Yeah, I feel like they're just trying to coddle younger children. Um, I think they're trying to sabotage my career. Because you'll um, have to do a second book on the subject. Yes, uh, but the thing is they're also sabotaging my Scrabble game because I can't remember these new four two-letter words. I can't remember what they are. There's only four of them and I can't remember it because I haven't written the mnemonic poems. 
to, to learn them. Yeah. Um, how would you feel about playing? There are some people who may not be familiar with your music, and I really wanted to give them a taste um, because Stephen will be performing tomorrow night at BAM. Um, if you are in New York, you, are, you should head down. There are maybe a couple tickets still available. There aren't. Um, no, no, I talked to Claudia, and there may be. You don't know. If you get there, there may seats will open up because she had some friends who aren't going to go. Well, I know Claudia better than you do, and I have friends who want to go. So as soon as Claudia tells me how okay. many other spaces there are, I will take them, and you won't be able to go. So this is so your last chance. This is everyone's last chance <laughs> to actually you hear you perform live. Yes. So I want to make sure they have that opportunity. <laughs> you cry you go it's nothing like the same on radio it's all about the makeup and the dancing and the oh pretty girl is like a violent crime if you do it wrong you could do time but if you do it right it is sublime I'm so in love with you, girl It's like I'm on the moon I can't really breathe But I feel lighter A melody is like a pretty girl Who cares if it's the dumbest in the world It's all about the way that it unfurls a pretty girl is like a pretty girl. Beautiful. Thank you, Stephen Marin. Um, I want to. I want to thank you for joining us. I got you Scrabble. Um, Links that say S and M, not for S and M, but for <laughs> Stephen Merritt. So they also say M and S. <laughs> That's true. <coughs> um, thank you so much for coming, and I am I'm, I'm I'm such a joy to have you here because I, I really do love your music, and um, I'm so glad that you could join us this evening. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Please do attend future live tapings October 29th at Joe's Pub and then December 5th. I put them late for the fall. They will be early in the winter. Um, but I put them late so that you could go to work and still make it on time. You have no excuse, even if you have to fly in, even if you have to take a boat in or charter a plane. Cross-country ski, you'll get here. But please, I hope that does not bring snow. Thank you to Ian Mazoff for editing this together. Thanks to all of you for listening, and I will talk to you next week. That's it. No, seriously, that's all. It's over now. Can you see Stephen Merrick grumbling? Now you understand what I mean. <laughs>